Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, sports cars, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, here's your host, Steve Zockey. And welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobbs Honda. And in fact, we'll be talking with Roy Henning at the Great Lakes Dragway as we will be on remote next week. At Great Lakes Dragway for a bug fest and the Midwest truck invasion. I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have Roy on in uh, the bottom, I think think the bottom of the hour here as we uh, find out what exactly that all entails. Because I've been out there a few times, but I have never been out there for bug fest. So this will be kind of neat. Uh, myself and the Polish Pipe Bomb will be out there. Of course, the Polish Pipe Bomb is actually, I said in a promo, he's at uh, Chicagoland Speedway. He will be at Chicagoland Speedway tomorrow. He's actually golfing so today there in Chicago. Go. So I thought, why just now? We'll just we'll we'll wait till next week. So hopefully we'll, you shake whatever uh, condition you have right now, Steve. That would be this, is there anything that'd be a start? Is there anything worse than a summer cold? I was literally going to say the exact same thing. It is it is not fun because it seems like you know when it's hot out and it's like it's almost more miserable. Well, you know, we here here we have a miserable spring. Yeah. And it just you know, we're wondering when is summer gonna come? We get these little teases <laughs> of a day or two and then finally summer breaks and then that's when oh let's let's invade Steve's body and just cause all sorts of hell. And it's not allergies. It's a no, it's not, no. In fact I not only did I have a I have summer cold, I had a case of pink eye and it, oh I immediately gosh. called my doctor. Went over there, got a eye drop prescription, and that that's cleared up pretty quick. Well, I'm gonna just head out then, Steve. I think the uh, pink eyes. No, the pink eyes good. Uh, I'm good on that now. Okay, it's good. I haven't had any drainage for about 18, 24 hours, so <laughs> that's good. But yeah, it, it's no. I got sent home from work. I was on Thursday afternoon because of that. So nice. yeah, I was, and and then the way I felt too, I was like, fine, just shoot me. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's how I felt. Wow. Yeah, summer colds are not fun. Yeah, I, just, almost, I just think when it's, it just gets hot and muggy out and you're sick, it's like you just feel like you can't breathe. And it's it's even worse than when it's 40 below, I think. And a lot of the time, yeah, last two out of the last three nights, I've been spending most of the night, evening in the chair and in, in, in recliner sleeping because you're so congested. It's in your it's in your chest, too. You're trying to cough it up, and laying down is not good for that. Not at all. No. So, but. Other than that. Other than that, yeah, summer is here. And, uh. The next two segments, we'll be talking with Dennis Michelson from D-Mike Media. We'll get you up to date on what's happening in the world of NASCAR. NASCAR is only about 90, 90 to 100 miles south of us here in Chicago, Speedway and Joliet, one of the 
nicest uh, speedways around. Fantastic sight lines and that. So we'll talk to Dennis. And then at the time, uh, towards the end of the hour, we're, we're going to talk to the aforementioned uh, Roy Henning of Great Lakes Dragway as we'll be doing a remote out there next week. Looking forward to that. Hour number two, we'll talk to Steve Wittich of IndyCar. And uh, we were hanging around a little bit last week up uh, up at uh, Road America and Elkhart Lake. And we'll get uh, talk to him about what's going on in the world of IndyCar and also the ladder series, too. I wanted to kind of uh, have Steve because that, that's his kind of his his little baby, I guess you could say, is the ladder series and the IndyCar series, the, the minor leagues and how drivers walk their way up. And he kind of has a unique uh, perspective of watching these drivers, some as young as 16, coming into the series, and then next thing you know, they're 22 years old, and they're, they're, they're about to become an IndyCar star. So he has a kind of unique look at the, some of these drivers. We'll also talk to Bob Sargent at Track Enterprises. Of course, uh, Bob Sargent, who had that fantastic weekend a couple weeks ago, considering the weather and everything. Uh, at the Milwaukee Mile with the Arcolate models and the vintage Indy Registry and all the other uh, uh, sanctioning bodies that were there. Really successful event. You know, one has to wonder, uh, you're looking at the truck race uh, last night, Mitch, and you're wondering, geez, I think the Milwaukee Mile had more people in 55-degree weather than uh, Chicagoland Speedway had that for a truck race, which is kind of sad in today's world. But In a city uh, that's an eighth right, of the size. right. Yeah, and uh, so considering the you know considering the weather and everything, you know every you know things are looking good, Bob. Well, we'll we'll, we'll talk to Bob and find out what's going on and what the plans are for next year at the Milwaukee Mile in 2020. We we'll also talked to Eddie Lapine, who's out at uh, Watkins Glen. Spent some time with him last weekend. Of course, he was on the show when we were uh, at World America. And Eddie this weekend is at Watkins Glen for the IMSA weekend. A lot of a lot of things going on out there, so we'll talk with Eddie Lapine, find out what's going on in the world of uh, road racing, and then we'll finish up the hour with some uh, some pretty cool press uh, uh, stuff that's happened down at uh, Chicagoland Speedway in the, in the world of NASCAR. So we'll take a break now. When we come back, we'll be talking with Dennis Michelson from DMIC Media coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Final Inspection. Final Inspection. Now, Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And hey, welcome back to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove and David Hobson. Yes, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson. Dennis, welcome to the show, sir. Z-Man, how the heck's it going today? I'm, I'm, I'm in my base mode. <laughs> Well, you're, you know, you keep it up like that, and uh, during the week they're going to have you working the classic rock station in town there. Yeah, it's it's. We'll see how long the voice goes on for, because I'm afraid <laughs> I might lose it in the second hour here. There you go. Well, just just keep keep trucking there, young man. Keep trucking. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show and carrying some of the weight. Um, of course, uh, NASCAR is in Chicagoland Speedway. A pretty cool weekend. Actually, started off uh, Thursday evening. Which I, I I know why they do it, but let let's let, let's let's promise to go back to the we gotta go back to the ARCA race on Thursday. But what I want to talk about is a practice first practice just concluded. Alex Bowman in number eighty eight. Quick, here's a kid who's finished what he has four is it four second place finishes, and is on the cusp to win a race here. It's pretty important too because uh, 
with some of the uh, stories coming out that uh, they're losing some of their sponsors on the 88 car next year. Yeah, we're getting to that point in the season where, you know, for for so many years we called this silly season. And it's been lately that we haven't seen much in the way of the silly season rumors until, you know, we get into the chase and we see who made the chase and who didn't make the chase. Because back in the old days of NASCAR, if you were 10th, 12th in points, you might be looking for a new ride the next year. Now, as long as you make the chase, you're probably going to be okay for the next season because a lot of owners are just not willing to, to take a chance on another driver who might even be worse than you are. But uh, Bowman's uh, definitely on the hot seat right now. It's not like Hendrick Motorsports is going to close down or anything like that. Yeah, Nationwide left, which wasn't really even much of a surprise because they've been pulling back their motorsports sponsorship in favor of golf because they think that's where the demo is to to make more money. Um, But it is that time of the year where guys that haven't quite gotten it done, haven't quite lived up to expectations, are on the hot seat, and Alex Bowman isn't alone. Yeah, it certainly is, and... uh, uh... Another guy, who, uh, Kurt Busch, number one, was second quick with Kevin Harvick. And then uh, Will Byron, his teammate. Uh, Jimmy Johnson was fifth. Are we finally seeing, can we see uh, a race where Hendrick kind of dominates the weekend uh, for the Cup Series? I still don't think so. Um, we have seen a few times this year where guys have sort of stepped up from Hendrick and looked like they were going to have great weekends. And then it's gone back to, okay, who from Gibbs or Penske is going to win today? Um, Those two teams have dominated more this year than we've seen in a lot of years in the past. It's not just the win. It's the top fives. It's the top ten. They're getting – those teams are are getting way over what you would normally expect them to get. There's a big drop-off between those top two and the next tier of teams. And I'm not really sure what to think of Jimmy Johnson. I have talked about him and this high downforce package with the big spoiler. It really reminds me years and years ago, and I'll kind of really show my age now and how long I've been following NASCAR, because when they switched from the bias ply tires to the radials, the very first year – Dale Earnhardt, the elder Dale Earnhardt, who is winning all kinds of championships on the bias ply tires, was the guy to beat every single weekend on the bias ply tires his first year on those new radials. And he had to change his whole style of racing. And, yeah, he was still competitive. Jimmy Johnson is still competitive, but nowhere near what uh, you're seeing, you know, what you're used to seeing. We're used to seeing Jimmy Johnson win seven to ten races in a year. And now we're lucky to see him getting seven to ten top five finishes. It's it's been a really big change here. Um, but no, I'm I'm really still thinking that when it comes to Sunday, that we're going to probably see uh, the Fords and the uh, Toyotas again be the dominant cars. This is this is just me, and you know, listeners may think this guy's totally nuts, or they may say, yeah, you know, I could see this, but I think there's a part of me. When Jimmy Johnson arrives on Thursday to the track on Friday, he envies guys like Matt Kenseth, Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, <laughs> somewhat, 
that they don't have to put up with all the crap that he does. Now, granted, he loves race day. When Sunday comes around and he buckles in, he loves it. But I think it's the everything up to that point, living out of the motorhome, kind of not being able to spend as much time going to the places where he wanted to go, and then hearing some of the places these other guys are doing and all the fun they're having. And it's like, hmm. And, and it, it's not much. It's just enough to just take that edge off. And I wonder if, if that could be an issue. Yeah, I think it could be an issue um, because here's the old adage with racers. I mean, uh, you know, you've been around the sport long enough to remember this as well. Uh, David Pearson, the old Silver Fox, uh, was asked years ago, you know, when he was racing, what's the, the difference between winning and finishing second or third? And he says that's the difference between having a hot dog or having a steak for dinner after the race. You know, it really was a big deal to win that prize money. Now these guys make so much money up front, whether they win or lose, Jimmy Johnson is making a ton of money this year. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, as you go on, you're right, the grind, not of the racing, because when those guys strap in and it's just them in their race car, then that old, you know, racer mentality kicks in. And, and if it doesn't, then they're like Carl Edwards and they, they step away for good. You know, they, they don't get back in the car. But racers are racers. And once you get into that car, that's your, your, your world. You know, that's your safe spot. That's where you want to be. And that's what, you know, Jimmy Johnson, you're right. He doesn't want to put up with the BS anymore, but he certainly still enjoys racing on Sunday. Yeah, that, that doesn't change. I'm not saying he doesn't enjoy the racing. It's everything around it. You know, it, it's a, have to fly in on Thursday and, and not necessarily the sponsorship stuff, but just everything while and if you know your buddies are doing other stuff and having fun, especially with the kids, with the kids at that age, you know, when the kids start to be able to drive the go-karts, they're able to do a little bit more and the parents are able to share in that more, that, that's, that, that's tough. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, question, uh, on, the next question I have for you, Dennis, is where is Christopher Bell going to be running next year? That is a great question. And the only thing that would make sense, uh, remember going into this year, he didn't want to be in Xfinity uh, anymore. And they basically said, hey, Christopher, you know, we need some time here. Um, We need one more year of you in the Xfinity series. It wasn't that they thought that he would be, you know, any any better um, for having that year. It was like they just physically did not have a ride for him to take over as they were picking up the Martin Truex Jr. team and all of that sponsorship. So they enter 2020 in a situation where none of their existing drivers are up for free agency or, you know, at the end of their contract, with the exception of Eric Jones. Everybody else is on contract for at least one more year uh, except for Kyle Busch, but Kyle Busch is going to make a deal. It's not going to be contingent on what Christopher right. Bell's doing. Um, but when it comes to Eric Jones, maybe it will. Because if you look at their winning percentage, their top five, their top ten percentages in the Xfinity and the Truck Series, you can't compare Cup because obviously Bell's never been there before. They're, they're almost identical. They're within a, a point or two. And where there is a difference, 
usually Christopher Bell has the edge. Now, it is a big, big jump up between the Xfinity Series and the Cup Series. We've seen so many guys like Chris Boucher that won, won championships and they move up and all of a sudden they disappear. So big, big difference there. But, you know, i got to believe that Christopher Bell is going Cup next year. Yeah, I think so too. It, it, I, I hope it's not. There's some talk of him going into the '95 car, which would be kind of ironic since they had their best finish ever last week at Sonoma, and uh, Matt Matt Di Benedetto finished fourth, and was just it wasn't by chance either. I mean, he raced to that fourth place finish. You know, you wonder maybe possibly they could go to a two car team. I mean, if 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 Gibbs and Toyota wants to spend the money, they can do whatever they want. So it would be interesting. Perhaps if you see that that team, uh, could we see the '95 expand? I mean, because you know we got this law where you can't be more than four teams, but everybody knows there's there's ways around it. Yeah, right now the '95 or Levine Family Racing does have two teams out there. Um, forget which other is their other car, but it's not doing nearly as well. But that '95 car is indeed that satellite team that is getting the most help from the Joe Gibbs Racing Organization. And this is very similar to what happened to Eric Jones before. Remember, he got parked for a year with Furniture Row Racing. That's right, yeah. And they made a two, two-car two team out of that team. I would not be shocked to see Eric Jones be the guy that is parked over in that 95 car and Christopher Bell take over in, in the 20 ride. That would not shock me at all because – Eric Jones does have some sponsorship available, but Christopher Bell's got some sponsors that want to see him move up, and some of the existing sponsors on the 20 will probably want him more than Eric Jones because Eric Jones has been good but not lived up to the hype. We expected the second coming of Kyle Busch, but remember what happened to Kyle Busch years ago when he was a young racer. He came in at Hendrick, was woefully, you know, underperforming what you expected him to do. And when what happened, they got rid of him. He moved over to Joe Gibbs Racing and became a superstar. Well, that's, so, I think, that that was, I think, a, a thing of fit. He fitted, you know, there's a better fit for him at Joe Gibbs. And Joe yeah, Gibbs, Joe thing. Gibbs was a, and, and, and being, you know, I think Joe Gibbs is somebody who could talk to Kyle Busch, who was at that time very immature, and knew how to talk to him more so than Rick Hendrick. Yeah, but if Rick Hendrick, if if, if Kyle Busch was already winning 10 races a year, he'd figure out a way to deal with him. Right. And that's the, the reality. But he was not performing. Ricky Hendrick died in that plane crash, and that was the big guy that was, you know, had, had oh, recruited sure. Kyle Busch. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you're you're seeing another guy coming in with sponsorship money. This is the thing. We always think talent. We're like, hey, this guy is more talented than that guy. It makes sense to move him up in the cup. Well, talent is only one part of the equation. Yeah, they're not going to put a guy who has no talent in the ride right. just because he can bring the big sponsorship. If if John West Townley could bring $20 million a year for a cup ride, he probably still isn't getting the, getting the job. Well, but, he was for a while until the chicken money ran yeah, out. <laughs> yeah, but Eric Eric Jones and Christopher Bell are pretty – if you compare the two apples to apples in what they've done in the development series, they're equal. 
they're they're right there together. So it's sort of a you know it's a lateral move. It's not a, a move up or down by putting Christopher Bell in there. But you owe the kid a ride, and you're going to lose him if you don't. But while we're talking about these guys, none of this is going on in a, in, within a vacuum. Could you imagine if a large team does cut back? If they go from two cars to one, or they go from two cars to none, and all of a sudden you have right. a top 15 driver that's available, you know that's going to factor into the situation. So while the silly season, we're talking about two particular guys or three or four particular guys, it could be a lot of moving parts in this, depending on what happens. Because next year, the other factor of this, next year, the prize money goes way down again. Mm -hmm. So when the money goes down, hiring a less experienced driver who has talent is the better way to go. It's like getting a quarterback in the NFL on a rookie contract. Exactly. You've got a few years to make money off of that team. So lots of moving parts, lots of crazy things, lots of rumors, and you know more uncertainty going into this time of the year when we're looking ahead to the next season than any time else in the total time I've been following NASCAR. Well, this is, you know, it, it's frustrating for somebody who who follows the USAC guys, and, and you're seeing guys like Kyle Larson, you know, struggling with a, what which was a B-plus team, has now become a, a B-minus to a C-plus team. And then you have Christopher Bell. I mean, can you imagine Christopher Bell came on the scene 15, 12, 15 years ago? At this point, there would be such a bidding war for his services. Yeah. It'd be unbelievable. Yeah, that's the that's the big difference between now and then is a lot of guys were, you know, not so concerned with how much sponsorship money you could bring back in the day. They were concerned whether you could drive the car or not. That's how guys, you know, like Cale Yarbrough. Yeah, because the sponsorship you know, money was there. They It wasn't that yeah. hard to get. No, and, and and they were more loyal to the team owner. Right. Those sponsors were loyal to the team owner. They weren't loyal to the driver. They didn't leave with the driver in many cases. It was, it was tied, leaving with DW. But it was more a loyalty to the owner because that owner had delivered. Uh, the drivers weren't the big stars yet. Yeah. All right. Well, let's I'll tell you what. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about that Sonoma race. And then uh, we'll also talk about the Truck Series race and the ARCA race. I said, let's not forget about the ARCA race that occurred uh, Thursday at Chicagoland Speedway. So we'll be talking more stock car racing, I guess, with uh, Dennis Michelson uh, from DMAC Media coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to check out greatlakesdragway.com. In fact, we'll have Roy Henning coming up next after Dennis Michelson on the Final Inspection Show. And also thanks to David Hobbs Honda. Make sure to check out davidhobbs.com for all the latest and new and used cars. And once again, it is Dennis Michelson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Thanks for hanging over, Dennis. Appreciate it. Always, man. Always. Last weekend, we had Sonoma. 
And I heard a term I never heard before. Natural caution flags. <laughs> it was caution. It was it was a caution free race with the exception of the three unnatural or whatever you want to call it. There was no natural caution flags. I never yeah, heard that, that before. Was- that was a great term. Um, you know, I think that was actually a, a term that was devised by Jeff Gluck. I, I really, he's the first one I, I saw ever use that term, and I think it's catching on. Um, but, yeah, that's that's the perfect one. And, you know, here's the thing is I got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, this you? Is over on, over on, yeah, I know how, Imagine how that. Uh, unbelievable that is. But on frontstretch.com, I was watching uh, Jeff Gluck's comments, and he, after, after every race, he does a vote on was this a good or a bad race? You know, just simple question. Did, did you like the race? Did you not? And this race got a really low score. And looking at the list of races, since he's been doing this over the last five or so years, the races that always get a good score are actually ones that are crash bus, including yep. like the Roval at, at Charlotte the, the year, you know, last year. Exactly. So it dawned on me that the only thing NASCAR fans are doing right now is living up to the stereotypes of the stick and ball sports. We'll always say that the only people t- p- reason people tune in for the racing is the crashes. And I don't, I don't suggest that NASCAR fans want to see anybody get hurt, but NASCAR fans love mayhem. They love crashes. They love a lot of carnage. And if you don't believe me, Look at the most popular races. Bristol Motor Speedway used to have 168,000 people there when you could count on crashes, about 10 to 12 of them, a, a, you know, a race. And you could count on usually a fight, uh, you know, two years out of every three. Now that the, the racing has gotten better as far as number of passes and things like that, the number of fans and the television ratings have gone down. What's the most popular race? Talladega. Why? Everybody's waiting for the big one. They want to see the big crash. So, you know, that's the reason that that, that race was unpopular at Sonoma. It, it, yeah, it was a runaway for one guy, but, hey, it's like a 10 nothing win, you know, in baseball. It happens. You know, right. sometimes you get a blowout. But, you know, if it's not a crash fest thing, or there isn't that spectacular last lap pass for the lead, the NASCAR fans don't like it. Well, and some of that's up to the TV too. The TV crews, if they if they if they can focus in on some of the battles going on throughout the, you know, throughout the field. Now there may, may be a chance that there wasn't, but overall, I thought Sonoma was entertaining, especially with the new section they added in and that. So, you know, it it and I, I I'm just glad that it didn't turn into a wreck fest at the end, and then you have an unnatural winner, let's say. You know, as opposed to an unnatural yeah, caution. You, yeah, you don't want to have those unnatural cautions for unnatural wins with unnatural, uh, you know, webbed feet or something. You know, it just wouldn't be right. <laughs> but no, I agree with you. I thought the ra- I didn't think the race was all that bad, and then I was shocked to see only forty-two percent, which was like the one of the lowest in five years. I uh, was in the in the bottom five of of voting. Um, you know. Because they didn't have a, any natural crashes, they they had a few unnatural crashes that didn't lead to natural or uh, unnatural cautions. But or is it natural cautions? I'm so confused. And then um, 
I want to talk about Chicagoland Speedway. They have this thing they want they want four days of racing, and I, I'm wondering, are they doing ARCA any favors by having them on by on Thursday night? Oh, that's a that is a great question. Um, yeah, here's the reality, though. Whenever ARCA goes to one of the big tracks, whether it's Michigan, whether it's Pocono. Um, you know, any of the big races, they draw like they have more people in the infield than they have in the stands. It, it's just that simple. So whether you have your race on Thursday night or whether you have it on Saturday morning or whether you have it on a completely different weekend, you're not going to draw fans for the ARCA races right now. NASCAR has taken all the oxygen out of the room. And in fact, Cup has taken all the oxygen out of the room. If you look at Chicagoland Speedway today, you're lucky they have 20,000 people out there later on for the Xfinity race. Uh, it's going to look like it's incredibly, incredibly empty. And that's the same thing on Thursday night. The race itself on Thursday night wasn't all that bad, though. It wasn't. And, uh, you know, I wonder if if maybe if they would do, uh, you know, why not do the ARCA race on uh, uh Friday night and then do, you know, both races on Saturday, you know, the, the, the truck race and the Xfinity race on, on Saturday, you know, it, it I understand they, they why they're doing it. Do. They're, 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 they're trying to up their camping. They want to get their yeah, campers used, in there. Yeah. They used to do that. Actually, they used to do the, the double header on one, one day and they ended up getting them both rained out and then having to fit things in. They were racing, uh, one week or one year they were racing at like 8.30 in the morning on a Saturday. You know, so it, it really, it's TV, first of all, that dictates when stuff gets on. And there apparently wasn't a soccer game going on Thursday evening. So that became a viable option for the, the, the Chicagoland race. But, um, yeah, it, it's funny. Um, years ago, I was talking to another track president, not Chicagoland, but another track president, and I asked him about one of the race weekends that they had coming up, and he said, yeah, it would be almost better. We could make more money off the TV dollars if I didn't have to open up the grandstand. Oh, I believe because that, yeah. It, it was a losing proposition sure. for all the security people and all of the, you know, even just having the bathrooms open up and ready to go it, and having some level of concessions for the fans that did show up. He said it was actually more beneficial if they would have been able to close down. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Xfinity uh, series qualifying has just concluded for NASCAR's for the race later this afternoon at Chicago Lane Speedway for the 19th annual Camping World 300. It's Joey Logano on the pole with Cole Custer is going to be outside. Ross Chastain and Justin Algar in their second row. Christopher Bell and Brandon Jones uh, will be in the third row. What, what What's your opinion on Brandon Jones, Dennis? Yeah. I he is, um, first of all, I think the kid's got some talent. I, I saw him coming up a few years ago racing in inferior equipment and doing much better than you'd expect that equipment to do and then got the chance to, to run some races for RCR. And, you know, there's a kid that probably has some decent talent, but, boy, he also has made some big mistakes. Yeah, you know, he does. kind of reminds He bends a lot of equipment. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of Stuart Friesen over in the ARCA series. You okay. know, we were just talking ARCA. He's a kid that races up front all the time and then ends up figuring out a way to, you know, to to seize defeat from the jaws of victory. 
and and I kind of look at at a lot of these young racers as the same thing, is they're they're coming up through the ranks so doggone fast. They're really not learning how to win yet at the lower levels. So when they get up to the big levels, they've got all the talent to drive the car, but they just don't seem to get the final result. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And in case you're wondering, Ty Majeski did win that race at Chicagoland Speedway on Thursday. Ty Majeski, there's another guy who, you know, if, if, he, come, if he came around 10, 15 years earlier, he, he, he might even be in the Cup Series by now. Yeah, and, and there's some guys in the Cup Series right now, like uh, Matt DiBenedetto, that if he did what he's done the last couple of years in these inferior rides, he'd be driving for one of the top teams in the sport right now. So it is all about money. It's it's sad that it's gotten that way, but they're not alone. I mean, most of your IMSA drivers in yep. sports car racing are there because of money. About 10 or 12 of the guys at the Indianapolis 500 were in those seats because of the sponsorship money they could bring. It's happening at every level of racing. It's not, you know, exclusive to NASCAR. It's just the way it is now. Racing is so doggone expensive. Used to be years ago, you put a great guy in that seat. He goes out and win races, and you could make a profit just by the purse money that he won alone. Now it's not that way. I was thinking about Matt Kenseth, um, what he was able to do with the 17 car. And winning that race at Rockingham, you know, prolonged with the, they were they were about to close their doors, and, and with that they were able to do that. You know, Robbie Reiser and him were able to keep the doors open when they won that race at uh, Rockingham many years ago, and then they were able to you know look look where they ended up, and uh, you know that happening today, I I don't think it can. No, no, it it, it just can't. It, it can't happen. You know, like it did. You know. 36 years ago when, you know, Harry Hawk got the special tires on for Cole Trickle and he was able to pass on the ice. Oh, wait a minute. That was a movie. Never mind. <laughs> so what what are we going to see today? Is it is Joey Logano going to run away in that Penske car? That would be what I would expect unless you see one of the JGR cars uh, that can, can uh, get it done. But, uh, you know, i got kind of a, I don't want to say a long shot because he's been around for a while and he's been racing, but i got a feeling we might see Justin Algar do something in front of the home crowd. He's got a lot of people from Brant there. Uh, that's as close to a home track as you get for the little Gator. I have a feeling uh, Justin Algar is going to be in the mix this, uh, this uh, week as well. And then tomorrow for uh, the Cup Series? Tomorrow for the Cup Series, it's like whose turn is it to win? Um, are you going to go with Kyle Busch? Are you going to go with Mark Truex Jr.? Um, or are you going to go with Brad Keselowski or Joey Logano? That seems to be the, the safe bet, and I'm kind of thinking it might be Kyle Busch's turn to win. That's interesting because uh, if you go by the five-lap average, Bowman, Harvick, Byron, and Blaney were the top four with Hamlin right in there too. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, and this is a track that Harvick absolutely loves. He won the first race here um, and has always done well on this track at Kansas Speedway, which is sort of a sister track to this one, the way the corners are set up. So this is a Harvick kind of track, but I've kind of grown tired of him figuring out a way to, to shoot himself in the foot so so often. Uh, between him making mistakes and his pit crew making mistakes, I just don't trust that team anymore. 
Yeah, I kind of like Bowman. I just I just think everything is right for, for Alex Bowman and that crew to finally win one for the Hendrick Racing. Um, yeah, I'd love to see that because that kid is a guy that came up the old-fashioned way and got the attention of Dale Earnhardt Jr., the old-fashioned way. Got a shot to, to sub in that car when Dale Earnhardt Jr. had the concussion problem, and the sponsors fell in love with the kid. But he didn't get there just based on money. He got there the old-fashioned way because of talent. Now he's having a hard time hanging on. And, yes, he has underperformed. So he's kind of brought a little bit of it on himself. But that would be great to see him uh, finally get get a win here. Um, you know, it's he's been knocking on the door this season at times. Love to see that kid get it done. Well, this is interesting because, you know, there's always points in a driver's career where, you know, this happens. I remember Dale Jarrett was having an awful, awful time of it yep. uh, when he took over for Robert Yates Racing. He actually won a Bush race at Milwaukee, and and, and, yep. and he had won some races. I remember asking him, I said, is this, even though it is in the Bush series, this is this something that may translate? Does it do something for your moxie to go out there and think that, hey, I can win races? He says, yeah, I really think I can. I, I, I've, I've never had lost that feeling, but it, it still it helps. And next thing you know, he's winning – the Brickyard 400, he's winning Daytona 500, but winning all those big races. So it'll be interesting. You know, I, I, I think he, I think it, the kid can do it, but uh, this is going to be a point. If he is going to, he has to do it, you know, soon. Oh, yeah. And you see this all the time, you know, in every level of racing. I just interviewed a, a Canadian driver uh, that's running in the road to Indy. Trevor Boys? Uh, Parker Thompson. <laughs> Parker Thompson. And and Parker used to win about 40 to 50% of his races. And when you go back to karting, he won about 60 to 70% of the races. And now all of a sudden, he's up at a level where he had a month of May where he barely had a top five finish. Sure. You know, so so here's a kid that, that said, yeah, it got in my head. And he had a podium finish up at Road America. He said it felt like a win to him. Mm-hmm. So it, all it takes is, is getting that little bit of uh, – you know, improved performance. You didn't forget how to race, you know, but all of a sudden, you know, you get into that losing streak and you're you're ready for it to happen. It's no different again than, you know, a relief pitcher in baseball who's gotten shelled the last five games. He comes out of that bullpen with no confidence, but you get a guy who's coming out there and he's had seven times in a row that he shut down the opposition. It doesn't matter how he's throwing. Those guys aren't even digging in. And the same thing happens in racing. You know, you get that confidence going, that means a world to these racers. You bet. Dennis, thank you so much. Appreciate you coming on the show and looking forward to chatting with you as we'll be live from Great Lakes Dragway next week. Oh, my goodness. That sounds like a good time. In fact, coming up next on the Final Inspection Show, we'll talk to Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Drag in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. And uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Roy Henning from Great Lakes Dragway. Welcome to the show, Roy. Hey, guys. How you doing? Fantastic. 
Uh, actually, I'm not. I'm sicker than a dog. I got a summer cold, but that should not. Well, at least summer is here. Yes. Oh, that's what's so frustrating about it. You know, if it if it happened, you know, a couple of weeks earlier when we were waiting for summer to finally break, I wouldn't have cared, I guess, as much as I do now. Yeah, that hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold uh, is no good for anybody. And it's all the all the uh, just talking to too many people. I shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't Shaking be as too friendly. Many hands, holding too many babies. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's it. So, what is the latest going on in Great Lakes Dragway this year? Every year, you guys do something new. And what's the big kind of thing that, that, that people, when they walk in uh, to the facility, go, wow, that's pretty cool? Well, actually, today is our brought back new old new event of the Night of Fire, where we have jets, jets, and more jets. So we've got some wheel standards, we've got some alcohol cars, and we have lots of fire that's going to be happening starting at 3 o'clock, where we're going to have... Uh, a really nice parade so that all the kids and everybody can see all the cars that are going to be going down the track. And then starting hopefully around 4 o'clock, we'll start running uh, all the cool cars. And obviously we'll be running them uh, right up until about 10, 10.30. So we should have a really good show once it gets dark out. And now uh, we'll have the jet cars going down and the wheel standers and the alcohol cars and maybe a couple of nitro cars. And it should be uh, it should be really good. It's a pretty good uh, show. And again, yeah. I've again, seen that. You know, finally we yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, the kids love it, and uh, you know you can sit close uh, if you if you like the uh, sound and then feel the heat. You can sit farther away if it's a little bit uh, too loud for you. Every kid's a little bit different. Everybody's a little bit different, so we got a spot for everybody. <laughs> that is right. I've 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 been able to be on the starting line for those things, and those things are spectacular. It's really cool. Any actually. It is a, when you go to the Great Lakes Dragway, it is a, not only uh, uh, visually so cool seeing all the brightly colored cars and whatnot, but yeah, you definitely, you, you feel it in your loins, so to speak, when those cars take off, don't you? Well, yeah, and next week when you guys are down there uh, for uh, for Bug Fest and the truck event, uh, we will have uh, Leroy Butler on hand uh, for a few hours doing uh, autographs and pictures. And you got to make sure to ask Leroy about the first time that he ever came to Great Lakes Dragway. And I took him up to the starting line. <laughs> and after those cars took off and went down the track, he looked at me and said, we got to go stand somewhere else. <laughs> and I asked him, I said, hey, Leroy, so you're not going to get in the car and go down the track? He goes, uh, no, yeah. no, we're going to go back over there behind the fence. <laughs> so it is so it's not it's, it's not for everybody and it right. gets you moving and uh yeah I, I spent a lot of my childhood standing up on that line while my dad was uh was uh drag racing a top alcohol funny car uh, up and down that strip a long time before he ever owned the track so i uh i definitely had my fill of it but uh once you get used to it you kind of want to get back there again and again and again well, not only is it a great opportunity to beat the Packer Hall of Famer and soon to be uh, NFL Hall of Famer Leroy Butler next weekend, and not only and also get to meet the Polish pipe on Jeff Orlowski and myself, but uh, oh, yeah. it, it, it's uh, tell us about Bugfest. What exactly is Bugfest? So Bugfest is not an animal insect fest. Bugfest is the Volkswagen Beetle uh, Bugfest to where we'll have all kinds of different Volkswagens, uh, the old-style ones, the air-cooled beetles and buses and gears and uh, rail cars and things like that. We'll have some new water-cooled type stuff out there. Um, and it kind of turns into more of a German-European fest, too, because we don't, uh, 
you know, we don't discriminate against anybody. So you bring out your cool car, and as long as it kind of fits in the show, uh, we'll, we'll get you in there. It's only $15 to come in, and the car show is free, and there's trophies and dash plaques, and uh, there's swap meet going on. And then separate from that is going to be our truck event, which is uh, not like uh, – it's more of a, you know, like the big uh, 4 by 4 trucks where you got guys with trucks that are, you know, four, five, six feet off the ground, uh, big, huge stereo systems in them, you know, tires uh, five feet tall, uh, not monster trucks, but right. uh, but bigger than small trucks, smaller than monster trucks. Um, are and these... it's a really cool show. Last year we had about 300 trucks. Do they have to be street legal? No. Okay. No, so they can, uh, some people trailer them in, uh, some people drive them in. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen Eric Thames, or, yeah, Thames uh, truck. He's oh, yeah, I've seen it. When he yeah. stands next to it, yeah, like, you know, he can barely, you know, he's basically looking at the, the bottom of the door, and those are the kind of trucks that you'll see down there. So it's real cool, a lot of custom stuff, um, a lot of custom off-road stuff. So there's kind of something for everybody next weekend, and there's also going to be fun racing going on. Um, I'm going to have, hopefully, my Beetle down there, so if anybody wants to uh, come challenge me to a little reaction time contest, I might be doing that, so we'll see what happens. Now, the... The Volkswagen, especially like the buses and that, are kind of gone through a resurgence. If you ever watch the Mecham auctions or Barrett Jackson or any of those auctions, the Volkswagen stuff has really kind of taken off. Is that something you guys noticed it uh, on your side of it? Yeah, it more depresses my dad and I than uh, <laughs> than excites us because we used to have about twenty five of those things about uh, fifteen years ago, and nobody wanted to give us more than a thousand bucks for them. And now, uh, if we had them all, we could just retire and, uh, you know, go buy a boat and sit and watch everything because people are paying exorbitant prices. Yeah. But it is a good thing, though, because it, uh, it brings the love back for the Volkswagen, especially there's a new electric bus coming out uh, through Volkswagen. So they're really trying to, you know, Volkswagen corporate is really trying to pull the grassroots people back in. Sure. Uh, you know, that had the old buses and Beatles and trying to get that nostalgia going again. So it works really well from a FOCO, which is great. Yeah, I was going to say, does that – now, you guys do a lot of customizing. In fact, uh, I told a story last year. A buddy of mine in, in Hammond, Indiana, has a, a, a Volkswagen Rail Drakesar. You guys redid his uh, gearbox. But, I mean, are mm-hmm. you guys doing – like when, when somebody re- restores one of these twenty you know 24-window uh, buses, are, do, are you guys doing a lot of the motors and that kind of stuff too? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I – Basically, Mofoco, we've turned more into a machine shop and uh, an engine building company. Uh, so we basically, uh, I build all the engines. Uh, my dad comes in a few a few times a week and also builds engines. Uh, we've got uh, transmissions that we do, and then we're the only manufacturer of the air-cooled cylinder heads, 100% in the United States. Oh, cool. Everybody else makes them in either uh, Mexico or Spain or uh, China. So basically, we try and keep it all in house, and it's basically 100% in Wisconsin. So that's uh, it's pretty cool. Talking with Rory Henning on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline as the final inspection will be out live on site next week at Great Lakes Dragway for Bug Fest and the Midwest Truck Fest. Make sure you get out there. Lots of stuff and lots lots of things to eat out there too, isn't there? We've got it all. We've got you know we've got custom handmade pizzas. We've got uh, gyros. We've got tacos. We've got ribs. We've got if you can think of it, if it's a summer food, we pretty much have it. We're really looking forward to it. I know Jeff is now. He's actually practicing now in Chicago this weekend, getting his uh, gut in order to get out there. Oh, so. nice, nice, nice. <laughs> and you got to make sure 
that uh, if you come down, we've got uh, the full line of Johnsonville sausages down there. Uh, they're a big sponsor of the racetrack, along with a lot of other things here in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, we're big, big into Johnsonville down there. Uh, so yeah, bring your appetite. Don't don't eat anything before you come to the track, because we are also, in addition to having very good food, we are one of the most reasonably priced uh, food vendor places in uh, you know in southeastern Wisconsin, to where. Uh, you can buy a hot dog and a beer and feed the family, and you still got enough money left to uh, get home. Excellent. All right. Roy Henney, we certainly appreciate it, uh, and we look forward to seeing you uh, next weekend out at Great Lakes Dragway, along with Packer Hall of Famer Leroy Butler. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and we'll see you there. All right. Thanks, Roy. He joined us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline looking to buy, build, renovate, or refinance in 2019. Look no further and call Great Midwest Bank today. Great Midwest Bank providing simply local, common-sense lending to your community since 1935. Coming up next, we're talking IndyCar with Steve Wittich on the Final Inspection Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.